We're here again talking to Tom Seams, our CSBS chief economist, about our monthly review of the economy. So, Tom, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Matt. So tell me, what is the big story in brief? I know a lot of people are watching the news right now and are really interested about what's going on and why we're seeing so much tumult and change. So what's the big story in the economy right now? Well, clearly it's continued high inflation. But what's part of the big story now is how it has put a big dent in consumer confidence. So the U.S. Consumer Price Index, or the CPI as we call it, is up 8.6% from a year earlier, and that's the highest year-over-year reading since December of 1981. But recent inflation gains have been driven um, by rapidly increasing gasoline prices. You know, they just topped $5 a gallon on average across the nation. And this is the biggest factor that has driven consumer confidence to a record low, according to the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Index. And this is an index that dates back to 1960. So just think about that. Lowest U.S. consumer sentiment in at least 62 years. So for for consumers, at least, it sounds like we have mostly bad news then, right? Well, let's see what you think. Um, on inflation, the headline number is 8.6% annual inflation. But core inflation, which removes the uh, food and energy items, is only 6% year over year. So does that sound good? <laughs> I, think, um, I think when most consumers hear about core inflation rates, they scratch their heads in wonder uh, because for most of us, energy and food prices are our greatest immediate concern. And what's stunning is that energy prices are up 34.6% year over year. This is the largest annual increase since September of 2005. And food prices are up 10.1% year over year. And they've topped 10% for the first time since March of 1981. So I'd say it's mostly bad news and really there's there's more. Uh, I mentioned the declining consumer confidence index as part of the big story. And just so you know where it's at, the uh, sentiment index fell from 58.4 in May to 50.2 in June. Again, that's a record low for the series. And that obviously doesn't bode well for consumer spending. And with nearly 70% of U.S. GDP coming from the consumer, it doesn't bode well for our economy. Um, the inflation impact is costing the average U.S. household roughly $350 more per month to buy the same basket of goods and services that they purchased a year ago. And I think also uh, something that's alarming is that the yield curve inverted this week. And what that means is that the rate for the shorter term two-year treasury securities 
rose above the 10-year Treasury rate. And why that's significant is that inverted yield curves are good predictors of future recessions. So it's kind of saying we got a recession coming up down the road. Um, but the jump up in the short-term yields also coincides with these concerns about higher inflation. So there's there's you know more than one thing going on. And then I'd finally just add uh, on the kind of the bad news side here is that uh, these rising rates have started to impact housing. Um, mortgage applications were down six and a half percent recently. And even though prices are still like 20% above where they were a year ago, really high levels, uh, mortgage rates are now about 5.4% for a 30-year loan. That's up significantly from where it was a year or a year and a half ago, and that will clearly have an impact on housing going forward. So you mentioned housing, which is uh, very painful to see the rates go up, but there's a lot of folks who say that we need to slow down this hot housing market. So I guess maybe that's a good transition to, is there any good news out of the numbers that you're looking at? Yeah, there's always good news. Uh, You know, the unemployment rate is a really low 3.6%. Jobs are plentiful. Uh, The JOLTS survey, which is a job openings and labor turnover survey, uh, says that there are 11.4 million job openings in the United States right now. Uh, We had job growth in May of 390,000 jobs. That was more than what most economists expected. But on the bad news side, when we look at it, jobs, you know, we need to bear in mind that the employment base is still 822,000 jobs below where we were in February of 2020, where it peaked. So our economy has not really created new jobs as much as reemployed the former workers. I think on the good news side, the ISM surveys, the uh, purchasing managers, so-called purchasing managers index, there's one for manufacturing and one for services. Both those are around 56 right now. And any readings above 50 indicate future expansion. So that's good. Um, COVID has moved off the front pages of newspapers and the opening segments of news programs. That's good. Uh, If we can fully reopen the economy and not have to be concerned with more lockdowns or travel restrictions, the economy will be able to absorb more workers back to work. So that would be good. Um, But finally, you know, I think some good news is that the Fed has finally started to show they're serious about getting inflation under control. Uh, They increased the target for the Fed funds rate by 25 basis points in March and then another 50 basis points in May. I expect another 50 basis points this week. Um, They've also started to reduce the size of their balance sheet. It's down $36 billion from its peak of $8.954 trillion in mid-March. You might remember in January when we did our first podcast of the year, I suggested the big story was going to be, what is the Fed going to do? And I would say this is a good start, um, but there's... But it's it's actually later than it than it needed to be. So this the problems with the housing prices was uh, put in place really by um, keeping the rates lower longer than they needed to be. We should have started raising rates a while ago, but we didn't. So so here we are, and uh, I think inflation has shown that it is not simply transitory. 
uh, transitory, but it's embedded in a lot of prices for a lot of goods and services. So I think as a result, we're witnessing, you know, great uncertainty, uh, particularly in the financial markets and uh, amongst consumers and retailers. Before I move on to your next question, I just want to put in an observation here. In September or October when we talked, I think the quote from the Fed, from Jay Powell was, not only are we not talking about raising rates, we're not talking about talking about raising rates. And then in January, we talked about liftoff. And all we meant was that that the Fed was going to slow down how much they're purchasing uh, to put on their balance sheet. But now you're saying they're actually unwinding their balance sheet, which is a significant change in addition to the rate raises. That's right. So I would say that in 20, uh, 2020 and 2021, the Fed's focus was on the job market almost exclusively. And they were willing to tolerate a higher inflation rate in order to um, try to get more workers back to work. Well, the job market is, I mean, the unemployment rate is low. The problem is, you know, we've got a lot of people that have uh, voluntarily um, or perhaps involuntarily taking themselves out of the labor force. So the, the unemployment rate looks low, but we don't have as many workers as we had previously. Um, but there's a lot of jobs available. So they've shifted now their full attention on, on fighting inflation. But inflation really got out of hand. And with these energy price surges that we've seen just this year, um, you know, that that's making it more difficult to uh, get a handle on things. All right. So as always, since we've started talking, there's this conflicting data. So we have very high inflation, very negative sentiment coming out of consumers, but businesses who are hiring and manufacturers who are expanding, which represents at least some positive outlook. Every financial story or every economic story is a financial story and every financial story impacts regulators. What should regulators be looking at in all of this data right now as they think about their institutions they supervise? Well, um, first, before I answer that, let me put in a plug for our uh, second quarter 2022 CBSI survey. CBSI is the Community Bank Sentiment Index. And for any community bankers out there, I encourage you to go out there and uh, give us your perspective on things and help us understand what's going on in the economy. Uh, one of the extra questions that we put in that survey is essentially a question. It's, doesn't, it's not stated this way, but it's essentially what keeps you up at night? And uh, I took a, a glance at the results we have so far in the Q2 survey, and it's also consistent with our results from Q1. And that is that inflation risks have jumped to the top concern community bankers have today. So I think regulators need to to be aware of that and be aware of interest rate risks and sensitivity to interest rate changes. Um, they should also keep an eye on inflation and what might happen to the economy when it doesn't grow as fast as we expect because of this uh, declining um, consumer sentiment. And, you know, as always, uh, I've mentioned this before, regulators just need to really keep an, a watchful eye on how their institutions are managed and how they're um, how they're making decisions. So are they reaching for yield? Are they getting the right covenants in place? Do they have good collateral? Uh, what kind of 
you know, labor market conditions could impact them down the road? What about supply chain disruptions? Um, will that be uh, a big impact? You know, they need to be ever vigilant and ever watchful. I can't imagine what an institution is thinking with books filled with 3% interest rate loans and an 8% uh, inflation rate environment. So that, that's very interesting. So outside of inflation data, which I know consumes all of our all of our time, what numbers are you watching? Are there any other data points that really interest you that uh, you keep an eye on to see what's going on? Yeah, there are several uh, indicators that I like to watch. Um, CNN and Moody's Analytics put together this uh, back to normal index, and it looks at uh, some, I think it's 37 national indicators and a bunch of state indicators, and they do it by state, but they also do it for the nation. And the back to normal index says that uh, we're at about 93% of normal. Now you might say, well, what's normal? Normal is um, defined by them really as February of 2020. <laughs> so, uh, and right now what's impacting normal uh, for the longest time, it was the virus. And now it's inflation concerns and sentiment. And so we only have about five states that are above a, 100% in that uh, in that series but that's one i like to watch i also like to just watch a lot of the high frequency indicators like uh what's the tsa travel throughput that's the you know the um through the airports um i look i like to look at open table statistics to see uh, where we are there all of those are still below where we were in 2019 but they're coming in much closer as as time goes on. So trying to get just the economy, you know, back to a, uh, a, a steadier pace. Um, I like to look at some of those statistics. Yeah. So I will note that I think 93% is the highest back to normal index number that you've given me since we've done this podcast. I don't know if it's the highest number ever, but it's the highest number you've given me. So um, I always trust you. So I, I will just call that the highest number. So we're getting closer. Well, it, it's not the highest that it's gotten. It's gotten to at least 95 um, earlier this year. Uh, so it was a little bit higher until some of these inflation and consumer sentiment numbers came out. But uh, it's, it's you know, better than it has been for sure. All right. So um, I'll stick with that number and I'll hold on to it tight because in, in a world of inflation and uh, land war in Europe and questions about economic growth, I think hearing a number that's close to normal um, feels very comforting. Tom, thank you so much for giving this information. Uh, it's always very helpful and I'm sure people will really appreciate to hear this. So thank you. Thank you.